the most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Another edition of King and Foster here on NRM Streamcast. Tom Azoway in our studios in Farmington. we got a special guest coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Let's get it out to the boys first before we get them on the hotline. Go out to Terry Foster and his Lions hoodie today. What's up, T-Foss? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I have this hoodie because um, I told someone I don't own any Lions gear, and so they bought this hoodie for me. So you have to have one piece. I said, I refuse to, but <laughs> but being a nice guy. That's good, man. I remember you wore it here once in the studio. We talked about how good looking it was. At least you got a good looking one. It was, yeah, I couldn't get some ugly thing for a bad team. It had to be at least good looking. All right. Speaking of good looking, let's go out to the the, the King Dome out in uh, Texas. And Jerry uh, Jimmy King, what's up, JK? What's going on? What's happening? I see your hair growing back. Yeah, already. I told you. <laughs> That's good, man. Uh, we got a fun show today. I know you guys hooked up and watched, uh, of course, The Last Dance on Sunday, and it was kind of the Detroit version of that. And as we get our special guest on the hotline, set us up, Terry. Uh, I think these, and I will say this over and over again, I think the saddest part of that whole thing was they didn't show the interview. They did not show the interview of Michael Jordan dogging the Detroit Pistons. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, but I found out it was interesting. They found out they found footage of him talking about the next series against the L.A. Lakers. Right. But to me, that was paramount. That was important to set up the walkout, which they made a big deal out of. And it, they didn't talk about that part of it. How do you feel about that, that Jim? I told y'all, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's not a story. What's the story? Because Michael Jordan said it is. Because he was in his feelings talking about Isaiah Thomas and them and the team walking off the court. Let's be real about it. The Boston Celtics did it to him uh, a couple years prior. And so Isaiah and the rest of the crew thought it was just, you know, uh, passing of the torch. I, uh, Michael, in his uh, kind of process of the, of the way the torch should have been passed um, because he shook their hands the two years prior and he yeah. felt like when they finally won Isaiah and the Pistons should have shook their hand but I don't like I said I don't I don't disagree I mean I I don't see any problem with that um, again it, nothing was said when Boston Celtics uh, did it to the Pistons Therefore, in my mind, why is this even a story? And that's why, you know, I want to dig a little deeper into uh, into that. We're trying to get our special guest on the hotline now. No answer yet, so we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed here that he'll, he'll pick it up. But you know what I didn't like uh, when they were talking to Jordan after they beat the Pistons? And he's like, okay, now I'm, I could finally get – with the big guys. I could finally be talked about with Larry Bird and talked about with Magic Johnson. He never mentioned anything about the Pistons or Isaiah Thomas. It's like they just been they were a blip on the radar those two years. That's what bothered me. Terry? I, I think um, no matter how bitter it was that he has to acknowledge that he doesn't become Michael Jordan the king of the NBA until he got past the Pistons. If he never got past them, the 
flight, you know, the flights and Air Jordan, all that stuff doesn't have the same impact. So he has, he must acknowledge Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, and the Detroit Pistons. But I think he's so angry with them that he couldn't give them the credit that they deserve. You heard him. He's like the anger still is here with him today. And uh, you could see it. And it's hard for him to talk about it. And then I saw Isaiah a couple of times this week, and people are talking to him, and ESPN's putting him on. And he's kind of, I don't know, is he kind of backtracking that he, he wishes he might have their, shook their hands? What do you think? Terry, did you hear me? I think that Terry he regrets a little bit not shaking their hand. Yes, I do believe that that is the case because um, it's not so much that he hurt Jordan's feelings, but the lack of a handshake in his mind did detrimental damage to him, especially the dream team. He, think, he thinks that's the main reason that uh, he was not on the dream team. And, uh, you know, he got on Jordan's wrong side and never, never got what he deserved. So I think that's why he regrets it. Jimmy, what do you say? Um, knowing Isaiah the way I do, I don't think he really regrets it. <laughs> I think he don't like talking about it. Right. And uh, knowing Zeke personally the way I do, I think he's fine with it. That's why he's the best little big man in the NBA. It's the mentality. And I was talking to my parents about it the other day or yesterday about the mentality of Isaiah. That's the reason why he was so great is because he had a chip on his shoulder. And and when the Chicago Bulls was coming up after he beat uh, the Boston Celtics and, you know, fought uh, Magic and 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 and, and um, Dr. J and and, and, and and that crew with Jordan coming up, you know, it, it wasn't like they, the bad boys specifically created this style. They just really embellished it. They embraced it because the NBA was brutal back in the day. You could put a bone in somebody's chest. You could scratch somebody. You could slap somebody. You could get into a fight and not get ejected. Yeah. So the mentality was different. Jordan had a different mentality that ushered in, I think, you know, because he was the heir apparent that they were going to go with his philosophy. And, um, you know, for, so, so for, for Zeke, you know, uh, like he said in the interviews, if he would have known 30 years ago that we have a backlash like that, he wouldn't have walked off the court. That's simple. Yeah. But you don't believe that. I mean, uh, <laughs> because that, that was, no, I don't. Right, but, and but I don't either. My point, is, my point is, is that he's smart enough to know that that he yeah. would have shook their hands, just just not to answer these questions. He's answering these questions because he has to. Right. The great smiling Isaiah. I know what's behind that smile. That's yeah. a killer. I know he doesn't look comfortable with the when people are asking him about this. No, at all. he's not. Yeah. He's not comfortable because he's not comfortable because the real Zeke is walking off that court and with no apologies. Now, how about you, Jimmy? Uh, let's put yourself back in those days. Would you have preferred to play that game, or would you prefer to play the game of today? I preferred the game in uh, yesteryear. 
I don't like today's game because it, it impedes, it embellishes people who aren't as good as advertised. And then it also uh, dampers the game, in my opinion, because you you lose half of the game. Defensively, you should be able, in other words, offensively, you should be able to make a basketball move or a counter move or a counter counter move or a counter 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 move to get a basket and the score. In today's game, all you got to do is put your head down, drive to the basket. You'll get a foul. Yeah, that's no so question about that. Me, yeah, to me, that's not the game. Now, Terry, I want to ask you. I know you're trying to feverishly get a get a hold of our guest here, and so am I. I'm trying to make sure you have the right number, so I'm texting it to you again. Okay, well, Zeke let's try it again. About. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. Why, don't you, let, why don't you just give him our number? Why don't you give him okay. our hotline number to call? All right. Do you yeah, have that number? Me. Oh, I have it now. Okay. Right. Send him. Send him our number. In the I meantime, now. Now, Jimmy, what were you saying? I got a, I got a surprise for Zeke. You do? Yeah. Well, I'll wait till he get on. If we get him on, we, you could surprise him. Yeah. When hey, he comes after, on. after our show, I've got uh, Buddha on. Uh, James Buddha Edwards uh, on with uh, Clarence James and I. Buddha. You got any good stories about Buddha, Terry, or Jimmy? Buddha. Jimmy, you start. Yeah. Um, I don't have any uh, stories about the Buddha, but what I can say is Buddha is one of the nicest guys. Um, sure is. When I met him, uh, he embraced me right away. Uh, very charismatic, uh, easy to talk to. So uh, out of the bad boys, I'll say, you know, not the nicest, but uh, <laughs> maybe the easiest to talk to. How about you, Terry? He may have been the nice. Well, I remember one time uh, when we were in Seattle, he wanted to show me his town. So uh, we went out, hung out in Seattle, had a few drinks, had some dinner and stuff. And later in the evening, he said a buddy of his uh, wanted to join us. He wanted to hang out with us, too. His buddy ended up being Kirby Puckett. Ah. So I'm hanging out in Seattle with the Buddha train. We're just talking. And here comes Kirby Puckett to hang out with us because I guess uh, Minnesota had played Seattle that evening. The game was done. And so I hung out with the train and uh, – Kirby Puckett. So that was that was pretty memorable. I love it. Hey, I want the. By the way, we're here. King and Foster here on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway, Terry Foster, and Jimmy King out in uh, out in uh, Texas. How's things going you know, out there? How's things going out in it's Plano? Not, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can't beat the weather, and I'm eating good. You know, That's my good. dad taking care of me. I can't complain. Did you pick up <laughs> some new clothes? That's the question. Not yet. Look. <laughs> What are you, you know waiting what? on? I'm still wearing the same shirt. What's the matter with you? I wore today. I wash wrong? every day. What's wrong with you? I'm Go out and buy school. some new clothes. Hey, you remember back in the day when you had to wash your clothes and hang them out on the on the dry line? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's fine. Every day. Whatever, man. I know. Uh, I know there's stores. I know there's stores where you live. You don't live in the sticks. Hey. I'm being socially conscious. I'm keeping my distance. I'm not That's... walking to anybody's store. So okay. I'm waiting on the package because I had to order some stuff online. <laughs> and, of course, you know, it's taking a couple of weeks to get through customs. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. All right, back to the bad boys. Uh, let's say after the Pistons lost finally and they got swept and they really were not in any of those games, 
Uh, Terry, tell, talk about that series. W- what went wrong for the Pistons? Did they just run out of gas or, or the Bulls that much better? Uh, it was a combination of both. And let me tell you, Isaiah Thomas is trying to call. He says there's a busy signal. Really? So I don't know if you guys can fix something there. I just text you his number again. Hopefully it's the right one. So if you can call him, try to call him again. He says he is trying to call, and he's waiting by his phone. Uh, I tell you what went – there was a couple things that went wrong in that series. One, yeah, I do think the Pistons got old all of a sudden. But the Bulls were motivated, angry. Scottie Pippen was no longer playing like a punk. He was playing like a real man. And, um, you know, they just took over that series right from the the get. And uh, even though they – it seemed like they lost every game by nine to eleven points. It was an ass kicking. Yeah, it was. And, and it was like every game pretty much went the same way. The Bulls dominated. They were never really in danger. You never thought they were in danger, even though they weren't that far ahead. And they just took over and the Pistons couldn't do anything. It looked like the, the Pistons were hamstrung in that series. Couldn't get their offense going. Uh when the Bulls really needed a basket. They got it, and not only did they get it, but they would get it easily. Wide open jump shot, and uh, one team was a lot better than the other one. Oh, you know what? Um, he just wrote me again. He said he I gets a busy signal. Did, yeah, give him enough for number. Give him the number Tell I me. just gave you. Okay. All right, I'll do that. He's calling. He's calling my cell now. <laughs> You guys really? talk for a minute while I talk to Isaiah. All right, I will try to do that. But uh, James, I, you know, I just want to say that, you know, through the usually an NBA game, as you know, has an ebb and flow. That you know, this mm-hmm. team is better for three minutes. This team might be better for two minutes, and then the game kind of progresses. But those mm-hmm. games with the Pistons, there's no ebb and flow. There was just an ebb for the Pistons and the flow for the Bulls. That uh, you know, this is this is our series. We're going to take it, and there's just no doubt about it. Plus, I think they were angry. They were angry and yeah. tougher, and that they could use that against the Pistons at the time. I, I think that you know, if you look at uh, what Isaiah said about them lifting weights, <laughs> if lifting weights right. uh, is the, you know the factor, because I remember during that time when um, you know Jordan started weight training, then. The rest of the team started weight training and Pip started weight training. When they came back, you know, they looked like totally different players. You know, they look like Arnold Schwarzenegger out there on the court. And uh, when they played in that series, it was a difference. You could tell they were, like Jordan said in the doc, administrating pain, administering pain instead of, uh, you know, uh, taking it. So, yeah, it was just, you know, a different era uh, that I think Jordan – and uh, and the rest of the team needed to to surpass the Pistons because nothing stays static, you know. It's just like Boston when Boston beat up the Pistons uh, the year before the Pistons beat Boston. You know they had to go, uh, they they were on the verge to win and then they lose in the last second, and then they had to you know come back and uh, tweak some things, uh, make make a couple additions and. Um, you know, Adrian Danley joins the team and they, and, you know, they make a run and then they, they, you know, and then they continue to evolve. So uh, it's just a matter of, you know, like you said, ebb and flow, um, getting the right pieces together and, uh, and becoming tougher and, 
and and pushing through that ceiling because there's always a rite of passage in sports. Right. I think there's another significant part of that series. When Dennis Rodman shoved Scottie Pippen into like the third or fourth row, the old Scottie Pippen would have stayed down and not gotten up. This Scottie Pippen, you know, stayed down for a little bit, but finally got, he shook himself off, got up and said, okay, I'm ready to go. And that was significant because it showed that you can no longer punk this guy, that he was going to get up and he was going to fight again. But, you know, before, once you dusted Scottie Pippen, he was done. And I thought mentally he was a weak link. And um, that's what the Bulls had to overcome. They had to overcome the mental toughness of the Detroit Pistons. Hey, fellas. And that was a big move back there. Yeah. We're uh, it's it's a bad phone line on our end. It's unfortunate. We're gonna try to get him on here before, but he's got, you know, he's got NBA TV coming up at the bottom of the hour, so we're only gonna have a couple minutes if we can get through here. But it's a bad, just a just bad luck, bad luck. We could always oh, wow. uh, we could always reschedule. Tell, tell Zeke, tell Zeke, you got uh, NBA. If he's at the NBA TV um, station, we could use some of their. Telecommunication. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. At the same time. It's okay. We'll we'll reschedule him if we don't get him on in the next couple of minutes. We'll reschedule him for for Thursday as we do this show on the fly here. So I apologize to everybody. That's quite all right, young man. I take full responsibility. Oh good, so, I'm glad. It doesn't matter the, anyway. The, I don't I mean fucking drunk. Come on, Zeke. <laughs> NBA TV. It's not Zeke's fault. He's the greatest player, bad boy. Come on, I know. Zeke. You know what? He sounded crystal crystal clear on my cell phone. Too bad we couldn't do the whole show on my cell phone. Throw <laughs> it up to the mic or something. Yeah, that's a, that's about it. I don't know if that'll work though. So, so where were where were you? Yeah. Go ahead, continue. No, I, I know Jimmy said that Isaiah doesn't like talking about this. I think in a way he does. He wants the story of the Pistons to be told. And he wants it to be told through their eyes and not through the eyes of Michael Jordan or Carl Malone or anybody else. So I do think a part of him likes doing this, likes to, you know, put their story in the forefront because other people, when they tell the story, it's a lot different than the way that they perceive things. I think they should replay the Bad Boys 30 for 30. Let people watch that again. Because that, that was a good two-hour great story, as told by, you know, the Detroit side of things. You did see that, right? I did see it. You no, were in they're it. They're probably showing at 3 in the morning or something like yeah, that. <laughs> we, we were just a blip on the radar here in Detroit. It's unfortunate. Uh, that's the way the NBA wants to look at it. and it's uh, To me, that's a sad thing. That they took those two years and they kind of like said, oh, well. And it could have been more than two years. Am I correct? It could have been three at least. Yeah. It could have been four. You know, the phantom file with Bill Lambeer still baffles me. You know, all the man did was this. And and then uh, with Kareem and Kareem went up, missed a skyhook, and they called the foul on uh, Lambeer. But I, you know, from the Piston haters, they're like, well, yeah, they didn't call it them, but that's foul was called because of all the other times that Lambeer fouled him and it wasn't called. Yeah, but it was a makeup. My thing is, you call it when it happens. If it doesn't happen, you don't call it. Simple as that. 
Jimmy, you remember though? You remember that? Jimmy, you remember that, or you haven't paid attention? You're just talking to your family. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember that. I do. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got so going on. Around. You, love, you love the way I just call you out on that. That's just, that's just, that's what brothers do. <laughs> Jimmy was rooting for the Lakers. Hey, no, I wasn't rooting for the Lakers. I just wanted to see great basketball because I was a fan of Magic and Isaiah and the Bad Boys. Um, I love Showtime Lakers. I love the Bad Boys. I wanted to see basketball as a student of the game. So I just wanted to see matchups. I wanted to see, you know, the sky hook. I wanted to see Magic push the ball. I wanted to see Zeke go between his legs and, and typewrite, do the typewriter. I wanted to see uh Dumars rain one I want you know I wanted to see worthy do the tomahawk like you know that I was a kid that was a dream to me <laughs> hey. that was what basketball lore is about for me both teams Terry the Bulls and the Pistons both kind of took out the trash on the Lakers didn't they when, when they won the championship against them they beat the hell out of the Lakers both teams did yeah they did and the Pistons only had to deal with Magic for two games because he uh, he hurt his hamstring. But even Magic admits that they're going to lose that series anyway, that they had disrupted him. They were the better team. And uh, you can make an argument they were the better team when they lost to the Lakers the year before because that series went seven games and Isaiah had to do his thing on the bad ankle, yeah. Bill Lambeer and the phantom foul. Um, you could make a – argument that the Pistons were the better team that year just didn't win it and then they proved it without a shadow of a doubt the following season right if he doesn't get hurt they blow them out there too they probably win in six no I'm talking about magic when he hurt his hamstring the Pistons swept them um I was talking about when the Pistons beat the loss to the Lakers right probably but Isaiah was still pretty good on that one ankle, though. Hobbling yeah, up was. and down the court. So, who knows? Incredible. Isaiah so was... Go ahead, Jim. Isaiah was, uh, Isaiah was an inspiration, you know, to see somebody... You know, players don't do that. Imagine watching Clay Thompson or, uh, or Curry hobble. In, in 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 the playoffs, like we 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 won't see that ever again. We'll never see uh, a, a a player play with a flat tire because the players today are too worried about their image. Like if they go out there and you know look bad, um, you know they'll become an Instagram story or a meme or whatever. And um, I think that's what they're more worried about. But back in the day, it was about it was about the pure love of the game and doing everything that you could do. That's why I say, like, watching that, so it's so nostalgic to uh, sit back and, and look at and watch because it was a different era. It was a different time, and the um, the mentality was different. Terry, I'll ask you the same thing. I asked Jimmy earlier. Go ahead, buddy. Jimmy, you know that there's some players in the NBA who will not attempt a desperation half-court shot because if it hits the rim – it counts against their field goal percentage, so it'll go down. So they they won't even try it. 
Exactly. And what type of player is that? Really? Like, really? Think about it. Because, you know, I, 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 I played the game. I've been in those situations. And I never cared about hoisting up a three-quarter court shot and it's going to hurt my three-point you know, percentage like that's it's just ridiculous. And that lets you know that a lot of players are about me and not the team. Right. Chuck Daly, I was used to call him many corporations that he had to deal with. Every player in the NBA is a corporation and he had to deal with many corporations on a daily basis. He didn't even refer to them as players quite often. Right. And it's and, and that and it's true. That's what it is. You're dealing with individuals. Um, you're more of a manager than a coach. You don't have to coach a professional. Professionals can go out and 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 play the game and know how to play in, uh, and what to do in certain situations. Once they have the blueprint, they know what play to call. They know what uh, what options to look for and and and, and so forth. So. Um, <clears throat> More than, more than anything, a great coach is a manager. If you watch them, you know, speak like the Kerrs and the Jacksons, they don't really talk about coaching. They talk about, you know, the development of the individual player. For instance, like Phil Jackson and his connection with Dennis Rodman. No other coach could have uh, gotten the production they got out of Dennis Rodman, but it's because of Phil Jackson's management skills that he was able to get that out of him not coaching Dennis but managing Dennis and so when you realize that for that really you're you're managing individuals to get the best out that entity or corporation then uh yeah I think you you're on the right track for success and if you look at the coaches that that have been successful that's what they do all right we're going to wrap up segment one here we apologize about Isaiah we tried to get him we will get him hang with us Part two coming up of King and Foster. Keep it right here on NRM Streamcast. 